And now, if you want to join us, you. no. <laughs> you don't want to want to talk about Beetlejuice. You want to talk about Jersey Boys. <laughs> we have to put that in there. That's amazing. You can keep it. Do you know, Michael? Do you know how long I've waited, like, to meet people who are in it? Like, those are the most buzzword, like desires of my life it's like it's like oh yeah like you don't hear about beetlejuice like i know people in beetlejuice and in jersey but like it's just it's the greatest thing ever i well you know like people dream of it that's well that's the thing about new york and broadway like crazy things like this happen and all of a sudden you're dating somebody with two broadway shows under his belt and i know i love it so much i mean it's nice it's fun yeah, and like, and like, when you can say yourself, like, as I, I've had like many moments like that, like you know, but I'm just like, shit, like I did it, I'm here, I you know? know, it's the That's greatest a, feeling in the world. I totally agree. It's a cool feeling. It's weird. Yeah. You, you're like, okay, this is very exciting. Don't let anything go wrong. Right. <laughs> Please let exactly. this just stay. But so hi, it's the hello. Bean. I am so giddy and excited right now. We, this is Silhouette's JB podcast. This is the deepest dive into Jersey Boys you have ever heard in your life. Um, We cover the stage musical, the movie, and the the cruise production, and the tours, and Australia, and all the other ones, and the sky, and the moon, and the stars rolled all into one. Yes. And... We should introduce ourselves again in case there's anyone joining us for the first time. So I am Gia. Very nice to meet you, wherever you are in the world. And I am David, and it's very nice to meet you, whoever you are in the world, wherever you are. And we have been studying Jersey Boys for the past eight years. We absolutely love the show, the movie. We've seen the movie together over how many times? 150 at this point? At least 100 times at this point. Yeah, 150 times. Um, We have an MFA from Boko in Jersey Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, a master's in Jersey Boys. That is... Master's of fine arts. To establish Um, our credibility, that is us. And we have such an, uh, we have a wonderful guest joining us today. Why don't we just dive on in, David? What do you say? Let's, what do you say? Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's go. do it. Yes. And David and I will absolutely be doing uh, Sebastian Maniscalco impression throughout the show as usual, because that's very fun to do. Always um, with the vegetable. <laughs> the vegetable. The vegetable. <laughs> he has a very, a brand new uh, podcast with video coming soon with his friend Pete and check out his Instagram page. Yeah, go check it out. Sebastian at Sebastian Maniscalco. He is hysterical. Who would also Sebastian. be a killer Tommy DeVito, by the way. And Pete would Seriously. be an awesome Nick Massey. Like hundred yeah. percent. Get these guys. Have a great time. Richard Hester, let's get this moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, but okay, so everyone, I really want you to get into a very nautical frame of mind a nautical mood um as david said we are also diving into the cruise show which honestly was something that we both overlooked as we've been studying the show for so long um but we we have have the guy sorry just because we have no access to it it's like in the middle of nowhere (laughs) yeah so well and well actually you know what yeah because as we've been learning more about it from our very special guest this week, I'm just going to keep the suspense going. Um, 
you know, I had this discovery that the cruise line performances is, is very much like a Disney collectible, you know, because there's so many kinds of experiences you can have with this show. You have the original Broadway cast, you have the national tours, you have even tribute shows that should or should not exist. And you, <laughs> and you have, and you have the cruise line and you have West end, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, New Zealand, so many different ways japan to to take in this show and today we are are going beyond the sea and i'm very excited that was very clever thank you bobby darren too yo you see it's all in the same vein that's why we're here we're like-minded people and even if you're not get into it that's what learning is for so here we go we are talking with our new friend Michael Damien Fasano. Have you heard of him? Um, We have, and he's the best. So Michael Damien Fasano is a Connecticut native and falsetto extraordinaire. Not going to lie, I almost called him Michael Falsetto instead of Michael Fasano on our phone call the other day. <laughs> he has been with the Jersey Boys Company as Frankie Valley on the Norwegian Cruise Line since January of last year. He worked his way to the show. He auditioned for about 10 years and even attended Frankie Camp in 2009. He has a wild story about that. He has his master's degree in musical theater from Boston Conservatory. That's why we said Boko from before. And has performed in a national tour of Jesus Christ Superstar and even played Sonny in Greece on tour in Asia. This guy's been everywhere. We met him on Instagram as all great relationships start. And he is an absolute sweetheart. Uh, You are all going to love the stories he has for us as he takes us beyond the sea yet again. Um, Yeah, it's a perspective we totally missed when studying the show. So... Get out a drink, whatever you want, eat, have some nosh, and let's enjoy the show. Um, so without further ado, please welcome Michael Fasano. Hey! Michael! <laughs> Thank you for that amazing intro. I feel like like I should rise up out of the sea in like an oyster shell or something. Like Yes! Pure it's Little like Mermaid. For rag, it's like during ragdoll <laughs> when they used to rise up. Yeah. Rise up. Wow. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's the mics. It's that's exactly it. Like you are the mic rising from the sea. <laughs> Beautiful. I can see it now. Yay. Oh, well, we are so thankful for you uh like, for joining us today. Oh, I'm it's, so it's, it's gonna be so to much be fun. Here. I I love your guys' podcast. I'm so excited about it. I know that it's new and like you know, you're you're wanting it to catch on and I really believe that it will because your enthusiasm for the show is just so infectious and so um, inspiring, especially for somebody like me who's in, in it. Like, I, I just love talking to you guys. So let's talk. Yeah, that, that, that's, how, that's how we feel, like a lot of people who are involved. Like, n- not only people who are, who are not, like, I th- people <laughs> who are not involved with the show, like who are like major fans, they love talking about it, but... I feel like it's even more so for people who like everyone who's ever been involved with the show because even past the creative team, which, you know, it was such a passion project for them to put together. Everyone who's been involved with it knows how special it is. And no matter if they were in the show for a year, six months or eight years something in it they they just love coming back to it well it's it's so rich the material is so rich the characters are so interesting and um it's actually very rare that we can 
talk about the material with people other than people who are involved in the show as you know in-depthly and um, introspectfully as I, I do with you guys because you really are like experts on, on kind of a, the level that you know a lot of people involved in it would only hope that our audience would be as interested so it's it's exciting Absolutely. Yeah. Thank and they're you. really, like, there are so many people out there like us who are yeah. doing it. And that's why we wanted to do this show because it's the content that we were looking for when yeah. we were younger. And this is just everything to us. And, and it's so wonderful that you, you're so open to talking about it because, because, oh, yeah. like, and we talked about this the other day, like David and I, like, like, you're the kinds of people we want to be friends with, you know, like this is, it's true. Like, it's like you guys, you, you get it, Michael, you get it. And we're so appreciative that people do. Cause, cause a lot of people, like, it's like for example, like my family is not that theater oriented. They, they think I'm crazy. I hyped up the show too much for them. They don't even want to watch the movie. And it's, it's heartbreaking. Aww. So to be able to talk to you honestly is a dream come true. And we can really just Aww. dive deep into everything. Likewise. Likewise. I'm very excited. Yay. Oh, okay. Well, so we we have so much to talk about. But the first thing, um, David, should we just dive into the Frankie Camp question? I, I've been waiting. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah that, that, this is the Frankie Camp. I mean, we, we bef- before we started, we, start, we were talking to Michael, and he brought up two names of people that were at Frankie Camp with him in 2009 that just – blew my mind well because also we were talking about how his apartment looks like karen cartwright's apartment in smash um because we're on zoom with him and um he was like oh so funny that you brought up yeah i well because i was going to name drop the the person that was in frankie (laughs) camp with me but i was like would would they know smash like have they seen it (gasps) Um, of course i did in 2009 i did frankie camp with wesley taylor from smash also from ah! SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> um, and also in my group was Adam Cantor. You know, um, from um, the band's visit, the last five years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fiddler on the Roof. I mean, Wesley Taylor was also in Adam's two... family. Exactly, mm. he was Lucas. Um, these are two names that I would never ever <laughs> associate with Jersey Boys, Frankie Valley, like especially Wesley, like mm-hmm. in 2009 he had that hair. We'll see what's Well, yes, yeah. I mean, you know, you got to sl- slick the hair back, but actually, <laughs> I mean, when I when I think back on it and I remember them, I mean, they definitely fit the the description, you know, they were they're a little bit shorter. They uh, they have dark yeah. complexions. Um, they're both incredible performers um and if i remember it right i remember that adam struggled in the dance department and wesley absolutely (laughs) excelled in the i remember watching wesley and being like oh he's so good there's no way i'm gonna get this and then uh and then conversely uh wesley's more of a baritone so i think Mm -hmm. the, the the singing proved to be like a little bit more difficult for him and then adam is like this phenomenal singer so it's very interesting it it just kind of goes to show that um and it's what they discover over the week with with frankie camp um you you bring together all these tremendously talented people but to play frankie valley there's like a cross section of things that just has to align and has to be in play for this to work um you know so 
as many talented people as there are, it's a, actually is a very hard role to cast. And I think that's, I, I like to tell myself that's why it took me as long as it did to uh, get the part because all everything in my skill set and everything in my experience and um, all of that had to align to be just the right type for this project. Right. Quick thing. Do you know who wrote the book for the Adams Family musical? And do you know who choreographed it? I, Sergio, Sergio choreographed it? Sergio choreographed it. And do you know who wrote the book? Is it? Is it the book writers? Rick and Marshall. Uh, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. You're Rick kidding. Rick and Marshall. I n- it's a good book, too. Adam's Family. It's like, don't really sleep fun. on the Adam's Family. Adam's Family is a good show. I yeah. think. I, and I'm sure it was nominated for the Tony. I think, I think so. I'm sure. Because you also yeah, had the, had the Lippa score. like Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, um, Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. BB. Don't forget about BB. Krista Rodriguez. I mean, I mean, Krista. She's like the queen of mixing. Queen of mixing. Um, And I think it opened on Broadway in 2010. But I think I don't. They did the they did the tryout in Chicago in 2009. Mm -hmm. My boyfriend actually went to see the tryout in Chicago. Oh. Fun, oh. Fun, fun fact. So Wes, Wesley must have been preparing for the Broadway production when he did Frankie Camp with you. I mean, we did Frankie Camp in, uh, I want to say, like, February. Yeah, February of 2009. Um, so I don't know. Maybe so. I, I also yeah. remember that uh, when I did Frankie Camp, I was deathly ill. It was like, oh. are you kidding? Oh, no. Uh huh. So I was like hysterically trying to like get my voice, to, and I I don't think I'm proud of the fact that I don't think they knew how sick I was at uh, Frankie Camp. It was something I was dealing with, like you know, behind the scenes. But I had a horrible cold, mm-hmm. um, and so that was stressful. And um, at the time, I didn't have an agent, so um, I got all of the materials on the first day of camp, and it's a it's like a three and a half day uh, process. So I was like, oh, my God, you know, because when you're auditioning for Frankie Valley, you get like 20 pages of sides, three songs. One of them is oh, one of them is um, Moody's Blues, which if you haven't heard that mm. song before, it's like, what? <laughs> what is that's the prettiest song? It's, oh, it's, yes. it's absolutely gorgeous. I but I mean, for me, that was literally my first uh, go with that song. So that was kind of crazy. I mean, it was just for me, that was a crash course in the role um i i told you guys about how the show kind of found me i didn't necessarily go after the show because mm-hmm. um i had i didn't really know that it was a thing when i moved to the city um in 2005 um i had my my sights kind of set on like hairspray or like um wicked i think had just come out and I, I, jersey boys i i just didn't even know but people kept saying to me like have you auditioned for Jersey Boys yet? Has Mary Sugarman seen you for Jersey Boys? Have you? And I was like, no. I mean, is that something that I'm right for? Like, no clue. That's, That's Mary, Mary Sugarman, Sugarman of Tara, Tara Rubin casting, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I went to um, I went to an EPA I think back in January, and I got to sing for Mary. First of all, I'm not, I'm not Equity, so I was it was so much of a long shot that I was even going to get. But I was surprised there was no one 
That always happens. Was it Jersey Boys or Bronx Tale? It was Jersey Boys. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, it's a really specific show, so it doesn't, you know, usually get the masses. Like, like Wicked is a show that, like, every single type, every single anybody who has, has a fierce voice and can dance their face, they're going to look at for Wicked. But Jersey Boys is a period piece. It's a specific genre. These are specific people. So it, it really lessens the pool. And a lot of, you know, they have so many people on file that who necessarily shows up to those open calls? I mean, it's like, they're, I don't know that they're necessarily worried about it. It's great. It's, they strike gold if they find, like, the exact right, right. perfect person. But if not, they just go back into those files and, you know, find people who have been working at these this material for years, like, like myself. Because for me, Frankie Camp uh, was really just the beginning. I, 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 from then on, they kept having me back in for years, you know, waiting for that optimal moment when I would be right for it. Were were you equity? When did you mm-hmm. when when did you get your equity status? I got my equity card doing a fabulous children's show called Fish Face, um, <laughs> and that was in uh, the fall of two thousand seven, and so uh, and I remember that I auditioned for uh, Jersey Boys for the first time in the fall of 2008, so like a year later. And uh, and that is what uh, six months later brought me to uh, Frankie Valley Camp. Gotcha. Okay, so you you went to an EPA the first time, or was it, it, was, it was an a, open call? It was an ECC. Okay, that's an equity chorus call, everyone. Sang my song, and the whole team was there. That's what I love about Jersey Boys. Every time they have open calls, the whole team is is there because they know that, you know, uh, there's a diamond in the rough. Like, you never know who's going to show up. So um, so I sang my song, and then they asked me to sing it again, and Mary said, you know, take – because I, I, I was very uh, demonstrative with it. And they were like, I want you to sing this like you're in a smoky bar, and it's the end of the night, and there's a beautiful girl – you know, um, in the back of the bar that you're making eyes with, and I want you to sing it to her. And so I completely redid how I sang it, and then they had me do, you know, like up the scale, and then uh, they had me sing, uh, I'll let it get away. Um, And then they were like, great. And then I didn't hear anything for six months. It really wasn't until, until February that i heard from them what song did you sing originally um i sang i sang a song called cry um and it's from forever plaid and like i I can't even remember how it goes now uh but it used to be like my go-to 50s song do you guys know that song i I like it's like i'm sure i it, I, I like this Let's is like it. this feels like such a long time ago for me. But at these at these Jersey Boys mm. auditions, like they hear these, um, you know, the '50s songbook. Mm. So I I always try to give them something that maybe they hadn't heard before. But the funny thing is, in 2014, when I went back in, the guy right in front of me sang my song. Ah. Oh. So when I went in after him, I said. Um, 
Well, hope you liked that one because you're going to hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> and they laughed at that. And then what I remember about that time going in is that when I finished, uh, Mary gave me a thumbs up. And I thought that that was really sweet because I, she she's such an incredible, kind person. And she invests so much in actors. And you can, you can feel that when you're in a room um, auditioning for Mary Sugarman. So... Mm-hmm. to know that she was just kind of acknowledging like that was the good one it was great and then I got a call back from that amazing yeah so my second question is so each each other time you went back in they were they were again like you found a call you went in or they kept asking you to come back it was a combination of both um so Frankie Valley Camp obviously was um, invited, invited, and then um, they invited me to come back a year later. After the the so at the end of the week for Frankie Valley Camp, they kind of like give you your assessment, like kind of like a report card, and tell you like here's what we liked, here's what we didn't like, here's what we're gonna do. And for me, they said to me, we want to bring you in a, um, in a year. We want to like let you age a bit. Uh, you 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 come off a little green. So I was like, all right. So they brought me in a year. I went and did a cruise ship contract uh, with Holland America Line, and then they brought me in a year later, and it didn't go anywhere. And then actually at one point, uh, they told me I was inherently wrong for the part. So I kind of gave up on it. Um, And then, uh, you know, like I said, I went back in in 2014, and uh, I got a call back from that, and then that didn't go anywhere. Um... It really didn't uh, start to progress until 2017 when I went in for the uh, on my own accord at this point. I think sometime between 2014 and 2017, they had me in again, like invited. Uh, But then when I went in 2017, I made it all the way through final callbacks to being put on hold for the tour. And I was on hold for a month. And uh, it was it was a very difficult uh, emotional month for me of waiting and pestering my agent and uh, him having no answers. And then finally, I was released from hold the day they went into rehearsal. Wow. What does it mean to be on hold? Like, so you are you contractually not allowed to do other shows while you're on hold? No, I mean, it's just kind of like a can you try to stay available? You know, it's it's like okay, what they okay. would say in the uh, in the TV and film industry is like an avail check. Like they just want you to stay uh, it, it, ready for them to call at any given moment. I have no idea what what was going on. I have no idea why. But all I know is literally the Friday before the Monday they were to start rehearsal, I got released from hold, and I was devastated. But then wow. then three weeks later, I got called in to do uh, the auditions for the cruise ship productions days or weeks sorry I um it was three weeks later three weeks okay mm-hmm. wow that's definitely stressful but it it worked out in the end it really did well and honestly like you know when i think about that i don't really think about it in like a like a oh poor me i was really put through it way because i know i could never have played this part um prior to uh, like like in 2009 are you kidding there's so much in my career that hadn't happened yet that would make it you know make me so much more right for this role as things went along I mean I, I played my first lead and when I did Footloose in 2015 I um 
you know, my falsetto got stronger. My dancing got a lot stronger. Like there was just a lot of things that had to fall into place. And even when I got the swing, I still wasn't convinced I could sing the role. I was like, uh, I, I remember, um, in anticipation of, of going into rehearsals for the cruise production, I just tried to sing through the show in my house. And afterwards I was, I was like in laryngitis. Like I was like, uh, I, I can't do it. My voice was shot. So I was scared. I, I mean, I really had to train to get the stamina um, to be able to pull it off. So I think waiting all the way up till 2019 to actually step into the role, I can't imagine it any other way. I really can't. I think that's so important for young actors to keep that in mind. You know, like what is for you will not pass you. Oh my, that's, that's great. Yeah. You know, the thing is like, don't get bitter. Don't ever get bitter. Like it, and it's really easy to, it's really in, in, in a highly rejection based industry. I think it's really easy to be like, they just don't like me. I'm never going to get it. And it's so rarely what Jersey boys taught me is like, they had invested in me. I mean, even if they weren't giving me the golden apple every single time, they had a vested interest in seeing me get to the level that I needed to be at to, to do this job for them. You know, they, they can't just hand it out uh, willy-nilly. They have to trust you with a very, very big part that means a lot to a lot of people. So I, I'm glad they didn't cast me in it too early and leave me out to dry. I mean, like... I. It would have been terrifying. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Because I, um, and we talked about this last time too. Like, I have a friend um, who's 24 years old, the same age as David and me. And um, he made it to the final callback of Rock of Ages. Like, he keeps making it to the final, final thing. And they say he's too young or too green. And, but, but you're absolutely right. Like, there's so much more that we have to do. And I think just as young people, it's hard because, you know, we grew up in a, with, at least like with, with families who are a lot like more encouraging. It's like, yes, like, well, like my baby's the best. My baby can do this. And, like the helicopter so right. thing. It's like, yeah. and they push you to be the best. And like, you're in school and, and you feel so good and so confident coming out of school. Like, I got this. I got this. And then you finally get to New York and you're like, you know what? I don't like I know my stuff but I have potential and the word potential can really piss me off because I'm just like I know I know I know I can do it you know but it's like but the way people perceive you and like just like the energy that you give off may not match how you feel inside sometimes because like your face really does have to catch up to your experiences and sometimes it doesn't happen right away so thank you for sharing that oh you're so welcome and like you know the thing is too with frankie valley uh you have to find an actor that can play 16 to uh like i think he ends it at around 60 like it's so Mm -hmm. you know you need an actor you need somebody who's had some life so so everything happens when it's supposed to happen you just have to trust in your god-given talents and you have to be patient. You just have to be patient. Yes. And not bitter. So thank Don't you so bitter. much for saying Don't that. Don't be no. bitter. Fight it. Fight it yeah, every day. Because if you are, you'll take that into every audition you go to or every interview, what have you. Uh, you know, so like gross. You have to always keep the positive vibes going. Yeah. No, yeah. it's so gross. When you meet somebody who's super bitter, you're just like, why are you doing this? Do, do right. something else. Because theater is about being, theater makes people happy. Theater makes people think. 
theater, it, it's 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 not about like like nasty resentment. You don't. You just don't. Nobody wants that energy. Well, so speaking okay. of, so now that you finally, <laughs> <laughs> so you finally got the part. Mm. You're at Norwegian Cruise Line. Uh-huh. Can we just talk about? cruise life and how it works so from what we've gathered um so ncl like like the the different casts are like like cast like 1.0 2.0 3.0 which is really fun for us to learn because (laughs) um you also say like there are like the land shows Uh you know so like uh the first original probably cast like a lot of terminology Uh yeah so that's always fun to know so if you're ever like on a cruise and like you're wondering which cast it is say it's, it's, it's like oh this is the it has like 1.0 or like the 2.0 whatever so is it different for the other cruise lines is it like oh do other cruise lines have different terminology yeah i mean i think i think the the 0.0 system is pretty unique to like royal caribbean and norwegian cruise line that's that's mm-hmm. really the only places that I've... you want to be in 1.0 because 1.0 is a first cast and that's yeah. that's where i was the swing um, and yeah, it, um, it's because of maritime law, um, uh, actors and musicians and everybody can only do, uh, contracts that are a certain amount of time. And then they all have to disembark and a completely new cast has to come on. So like, you don't even have the option of kind of indefinitely doing the show the way you can on tour. Like, you know, with, with tours, uh, provided they you know, agree to have you back or whatever, you can just stay with the national tour for years. But with the ship, you have to debark and maybe go back on the next one. So I did 1.0. And then after uh, six months um, with 1.0, I took three months off and then I went back for 3.0. And so it's just a a way of keeping track. I mean, you guys are so good about knowing all the names of like a, a lot of the actors that have done Jersey Boys. Can you imagine trying to keep uh, track of all of the people doing the cruise ship version? There's already been like yeah, eight Frankies that's, or something. That's that's where that's the the cruise the cruise ship production is a little bit where my knowledge is still building. Right. Well, that's why I'm here. I'm gonna yes. fill I'm gonna fill yes. you in. I'm gonna just like drop the mic, tell you how it works. <laughs> drop the mic. Yes. Fill in the blanks. And that, that's, so, that's on period. <laughs> so there have been eight Frankies. How long has the show been on on the ship? Um, we did 1.0 mm-hmm. in the spring of 2018. Mm-hmm. So it's been on since then. Okay. And as, as there, there's always two Frankies. Yes, um, yes. There's always two Frankies. Um, there's the there's Frankie one and Frankie two or Frankie A, Frankie B, whatever. And um, then there is the Swing and Joe Pesci who also cover the role. And the way that the production week works is uh, it's kind of cushy, but it's kind of you know there's like. There's like pluses and minuses. So we only do the show um, two days of the seven-day week. Um, And on the two days that we do the show, we do it twice in the night. So there's a 7.30 production and a 10.30 production. And with the Frankies, uh, we either alternate or um, in some cases, uh, like in in 1.0, we had a set Frankie for 7.30 and a set Frankie for 10.30. But when I came back in 3.0, we alternated. So they, they do it different each contract, you know, depending on how they're feeling. And um, 
Yeah, it, it's 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 a beast. It's you end up that ten thirty show it gets out after midnight. Um, like I told you guys, I'm you end up singing "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You" at around twelve fifteen, and that is what's that like? What's it like? Um, you know, I got better at it as it went along. See, the thing for <laughs> the thing for me is that I was really lucky that I had that seven thirty show the next day. So it was crazy because that would end up putting me like with two shows within 24 hours, um, which was a little bit crazy, but the 7.30 was a lot easier to get through. With the 10.30, because I'm such a um, early to bed type personality, I lucked out that we were in Alaska, so it stayed light until um, like 9.30 at night. So while I was waiting for the first show to be over, I would be in my cabin and I'd have the the um, curtains open and I would do like push-ups and I do vocal warm-ups and I just keep telling myself that it is like not 9 30 10 o'clock I'd be like I'd be like we're good you know it's like 6 30 at night woo um and then you know I just drink a lot of water I do a lot of um vocal spray and I just pray yeah, yeah pray for the best now I don't know if you guys if people that you've talked to in the past have told you about this but there are water breaks in the show there are secret water breaks. Please tell name, us when. I can yeah. name one. Name okay. it. I want to. I I I know one. It's um when Bob Gaudio is talking to the radio guy, and he's like, he's no Neil Sedaka. Like the tenth time that I saw it, like I saw Aaron take the water bottle and drink it, and I was so I I don't know when the other ones are. And let me say something about that. Aaron is so hardcore. When I saw the show, the last time I saw the show, which was in the fall, um, he didn't take that water break. I was like, "Are you kidding?" But anyway, um, yeah, there is a there is a water break during those scenes when Bob is trying to sell uh, "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You" to the radios. Uh, he goes up. Uh, Frankie goes upstage and takes a sip of water. There's also a water break in the uh, coffee scene with uh, Bob when he's talking about going out on his own. There is water in the coffee mug. Um, there is also water in the styrofoam cup in the funeral scene. Okay. That's All right. I, knew, I love how I excited you are right now. Yeah. You, yeah. I totally know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, you know, the crazy thing about the way we do the show on the ship is that we don't have an intermission. So when you you could use that intermission to rest your voice and like like tank up and drink to your heart's content, the really the biggest break that uh, Frankie gets is the boyfriend's back break. Um, boyfriend's back. Oh, what a night! And uh, and then he's in, and that's it. <laughs> so, I have two questions. Yeah, please ask. One, you didn't have to be at the theater, even when you weren't playing Frankie, just as a just in case. I did not, um, because our, my cabin is located all of like ten feet from the stage door of the theater. So if there were any sort of emergency whatsoever, they could literally just call me in my cabin and be like, "We need you to come down here." Um, and also, you know, there are contingencies in place. You know, I mean, um, there are two other understudies present. There's an offstage swing who is in the audience, and uh, you've got. Joe Pesci, um, right there. So, I mean, if push came to shove, you know, they've kind of got it, 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 they've got it worked out. But, um, yeah, if, if they really needed to call me and tell me to come down there and get in that suit, it would take me probably all of 10 minutes. Did you ever 
have to do two shows in one night? No, I did not. Um, and I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think it's, it's kind of a personal thing. Like I think if it was an emergency and they didn't feel like they'd had adequate time to prepare the understudies, they would pose it to either myself or um, Bront, who's the name of the other gentleman playing Frankie um, when I was there. Uh, I, I don't think that I could physically do that. So I would probably be like, no, I don't think so. Um, because it, it's, it, you know, I'm still relatively new to playing Frankie Valley, and um, I, I really can't imagine two in a row. Because <laughs> also the turnaround between our shows is about uh, an hour and change. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not much time. I mean, if we were talking about the difference between like an evening and an afternoon, I don't know, maybe. But they really, you know, the producers really go out of their way to make sure that nobody's put in that position unless it's like a dire emergency. Well, thank goodness that I they know. do that. Well, you know, nobody, they don't want vocal damage. I mean, that's why we have right, this right. fantastic vocal coach that um, Aaron told you guys about, Katie Agresta. You know, the, the voice is of the utmost importance and concern um, for the team. So they're not going to put you in a position where you're like, you know, giving yourself uh, a polyp or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced that? No. Um, knock on wood. Got knock on wood. Everything. No. Uh, I yeah. had one show in 3.0 where I definitely started to lose my voice, and that was very scary. And um, I, I attribute it to the fact that, again, we were in Alaska, and the air was very cold uh, and very damp and very weird. Um, and then you also kind of get a cross mix of weird uh, air qualities, you know, through the air filtration of the ship. Um, so, you know, sometimes like you combine that with being tired and blah, blah, blah. And your voice does things that you, uh, didn't think it would do. And I definitely had one show and it luckily was after can't take, I finished can't take. And I was like, Oh, 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 it's going. Oh my God. And, uh, I, I got through it. I don't know if it was pretty. I don't know. Whatever. They loved Can't Take. I actually got like a standing ovation on that Can't Take, which was wow. hila- which was hilarious because I was like, oh, you guys don't know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Frankie that I saw once yeah. that like I could tell that from the jump, it just wasn't good. Um, and at one point they got uh, somewhere in the middle of act one during one of one of those big high notes their voice just gave out that is the worst feeling that is the worst i felt so yeah it is the worst feeling because you know you're so exposed i mean you can really it's that tenor line it's that soaring thing you know when it's right you know when it's wrong um it's it's the worst feeling it's it's really that this one night in particular that i can think of uh i was i was nervous but I also was comforted in knowing that um, Frankie's a rock star. And um, sometimes in rock music, uh, the voice can be a little unpredictable. And you just have to go with it. It's not all about being perfect. It's about the performance. So Right. Authentic more than Amen. perfect. Exactly. And like what we can control, we'll control. And what we, what we can't, you know, you just leave it. And the other thing that's really great about Jersey Boys is that it's there's a lot of doubling happening off stage, 
um, live, which is amazing. But you you know you have people singing with you, so if you have to like pull back a little bit or, you know, there's there's a little bit of cushion. There was a video. This video I have of one of the Broadway performances. I don't remember who was playing Frankie, uh -huh. but you could. I felt so bad because you could clearly hear the offstage oh, no! person who <laughs> like it, it was very clear like this is the person singing the double and you couldn't hear uh, that's not the Frankie on stage and it was like throughout all of the big three. No, that's not good. Oh. <laughs> I was really you know with um with this with the sound techs and the fantastic music directors on the Bliss. Um, we never had that problem. I think it, anytime I, I saw any footage from like the booth or whatever, it sounded so well blended. It, it's um, the only time that you can hear it is if the cutoffs aren't together. So that's why it was very important to be like vigilant on like, and, and when you have two people playing Frankie, you have to make sure that you, um, if you're doubling him backstage, that you make accommodations for the other actor. Like if, if this person holds out this note much less than that person, you know, don't just hold it out like you were doing for like a different friend. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta individualize, you know, your, your part singing. So it's, it's all about listening. Do you guys have a conductor's cam TV that you're looking at? Of course. At? We have multiple nice. TVs. Uh, there, let's see, there's one, two, three. I want to say there's three or four TVs, um, uh, scattered throughout. I would love to see what that looks like. I would just love to go backstage. Yeah, there. it's it's cool. The band is everywhere. So so the Bliss has a pit um, that we we don't you, we don't do the rising up for dawn, which which sucks. I think they did want to do that, but like something some some plans got messed up. I don't know. Oh, you mean for Ragdoll? Yes, that's what I meant. I'm sorry for Ragdoll, um, but we we don't do it. But we do have a pit. And there's some band members down there. And then there's also band members who are playing like on stage, on stage. and the drummer right, is playing right. on stage. So it's like really complicated. I mean, like I, I've had like, I've lucked out. I had amazing uh, music directors, Alyssa Thompson, Mark Binns, um, Julia Sunier. Like they, they killed it because it, it is not, it is not an easy feat to, to have all of these moving parts. Well, so speaking of, can you kind of walk us into your tech rehearsals? You have a very sure. interesting, interesting tech, tech schedule. schedule. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so I experienced two techs. When I uh, did 1.0, you know, we were get, we got on the, the Bliss, and the Bliss had not was still in dry dock. It was not uh, taking passengers yet, and it was still actually being finished. Um, so we got on the ship in um, the Netherlands, and uh, we teched the show for like a month. Uh, and we didn't have to worry about accommodating the, you know, the passengers and whatever other life the ship had because there was nobody there and they were still building it. Then when I came back for 3.0, we had all of three days to have the show up and running because when the new cast, so when it comes to the end of the contract, the old cast gets off, new cast gets on, and you're the new cast. There's no handover. So you got Jersey Boys coming in about, you know, three days. So uh, we just teched whenever we could. I mean, basically, it's like a bunch of time during the day, and then there'd have to be breaks because they'd have to close the cur curtain and have, like, bingo and stuff because passengers were on. Um, and then sometimes we would have to rehearse uh, into very late at night, like, till, till like, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning. 
Wow. And so that whole like that whole room, that whole theater, theater went, went from, from bingo, bingo to American, to American Bandstand, Bandstand in three days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, no, the the turnover is crazy. And I I think even like Richard Hester and Danny um, Austin and all of them are even impressed with themselves when uh, it's another cast has come aboard and, and is up and running and is fabulous because it is, I mean, it's a huge um, shift to go from the studio to that stage. There's a lot, there's a lot of new elements to keep, to, to think about. Yeah. And they're on the ship with you. Yes. They come, they, they uh, cruise for like two weeks. Okay. Until I like, just make sure things all settled. That's so supportive. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they are, they are so, I am forever impressed by them. They are so generous. They're so smart. Um, and the fact that they can just remount this over and over again with all of these different people and all of these different like um, dynamics. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Does the set, do the set and the lights and everything get taken down in between each point oh? Um, they are taken down every week. The um, like the minute the show is is done, like that fourth show is over, the set is struck. It is hidden away. It's it's up in the rafters. It's it's tied to the sides, and you you forget about it. The floor and all, everything, the track, the floor. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. There's. You know, and it's it. There's a stage crew that's not only comprised of um, you know professional stage people, but also um, people from throughout the ship who have day jobs. You know, who work in like the laundry or the kitchen or whatever. And then uh, they also take on the task of like striking the set. I mean, it's if there's so many people involved in the show, um, from dressers to you know, like I said, like crew. It's it's a huge undertaking, huge. Do you guys have to relight every week? Not every week, but we have to sound check every mm-hmm. every week, and it's an ex- it's right. an extensive sound check. Um, and uh, they, you know, the cues are already built. Everything's already built and in the switchboard, but levels have to be redone because the mics are used for other shows. They're used for you know other events. <laughs> um, so you they have to recalibrate everything. Uh, so we have a very extensive sound check uh, at the beginning of the week, and then we have sound check the next day. But it's not quite as in depth. Like we don't do big three and everything. We'll we'll just do like dawn and the finale the second day. Mm-hmm. How much do you guys do in the in the big sound checks? In the big sound check, we would do we would do the big three. We would do boyfriends back because we got to get the girls. Uh, we do dawn. We would do the finale. Um, and I think, I think that's it. The finale and the bows. So not just, you know, we also have to do the, oh, what a night. Clap. Right. <laughs> Clap. So. <laughs> so, oh, so. Would you ever, like, get to choose what song? It's like, can we do Cry For Me today <laughs> for the sound check? Oh, like, my God. <laughs> I think today I'm going to do Bring Him Home from Lee Miz. Bring <laughs> Him Home. No. Um, uh, no. No, it's always those. I mean, they have their reasons for needing it to be those uh, songs. There, there's just something about you know, it's it's also because a lot of them are, are tied into um, audio cues that they have to check, and that those the audio cues are also video, video cues. Yeah, video cues, and those are all actually um, s- simulated with the um, lights. So I mean, it, everything goes together. Like it's it's just very very complicated. 
so let's just kind of recap that for everybody listening because sure. this is wild. <laughs> so four shows a week, two nights. You have to so and after that fourth show, like they have to strike everything and redo it. Like yep. everything. That's something I would never even think would have to happen. Well, I mean it's so, kinda like it's kinda like touring, only mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't you know, sometimes the tour gets a nice cushy like sit down so they don't have to turn around so crazy, but mm-hmm. I mean the tour that's out right now, they are city to city to city, wham bam 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 bam. And I mean, that's the, you know, Jersey Boys was kind of reconceived um, to be a little more collapsible and movable and whatever so that they could, you know, bring it to as many venues as possible. So that all kind of plays a hand in that. Uh, Well, then, so let's talk about how the show, like, like the content is is different. Um, Yeah. Oh, yes. As as we're getting into... Yeah. Yeah. So you said there's no intermission. No intermission. Mm-hmm. Where? How? How? Okay. How? 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 So okay. So so you know, for there to be in- no intermission, the show needs to run at like an hour forty-five. So in order for that to happen, Richard Hester had to go in and edit down the show. But you know, of course, uh, he didn't want to mar it or make it not the Jersey Boys that we know and love. So, I mean, it literally is like a little off of here and a little off of there. It's like every other line is kind of like taken out. Um, There are some scenes that are missing, like I told you guys about, like the whole um, fake out gunshot thing in the car. We don't have that. Um, Actually, the toilets scene where they're all sitting on the toilets in jail. We don't have that. Um, I know there's a lot of things that they have to take out, but... The, the the meat of the show is very faithfully intact and so um and, and i have seen you know the, the the full version of the show many times and like i i i still have so much respect for this hour 45 um version because you you get all the punches you get all the hits you know it's it's still very effective but yes no intermission yeah. i just can't like imagine that like right now let's so like I imagine, you know, um, uh, Norm Waxman comes to the comes to um, comes backstage, uh-huh. and like, and Nick's like, okay, I'll get Tommy. Tommy walks down the stairs, bump. So, how does that transition work? Are which are you talking about? Which which part of the show are you talking about? When so like right, so in in the land shows. Right at the end of Act One, Norm oh. Waxman comes and busts the whole thing, uh-huh. and he's like, "Tommy owes us a hundred and fifty thousand." Okay, 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 okay. I'll tell you exactly how that works. So, um, uh, Tommy's on the bridge and he goes, "Hey guys, what's up?" And then we all go, "Walk like a man, like a man." And then there, uh, they she takes the the snapshot. There's the pause, and then Nikki starts his monologue, and he says. Um, something uh i don't remember what his lines are but he ends up saying we got to go back and then it goes into dun 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 dun, dun. rewind kind of like a <laughs> hamilton moment like that it's it and um it goes into that um and then we go into the bar scene with uh lorraine and frankie oh, so oh. Big man in town there's oh yes there's no big man in town no big man in town that is the one wow. song that's the one song from the show that's cut 
only one though. Like completely. Yeah, it, that is the only song that's completely cut. Other songs, okay. you know, they don't have like, a, they'll be missing like a verse maybe or like a line here and there. Uh, Say Soir La is a heck of a lot shorter. You blink and you miss it. It, it goes by fast. They, they do the cast recording version of the apple of my eye. You're the apple. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> it's it, So there's a lot of like little tricks here and there. But I mean, again, when you're experiencing the show, I mean, a majority of our audience, you guys are like exceptional because you know this piece so well. But um, most of our audience, they don't even know. They'll, they'll, they'll be like, that was better than when I saw it in Vegas. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, they don't know. It's different. <laughs> right. But some people will still say that it's too long. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> well, some people will be like, where are the songs? Like, the, the, you know, the thing about... Where are the songs? Yes. Well, because, you know, like, the first 40 minutes of the show, we're building mm -hmm. to the hits. So, right. um, I, when I... Play was, the fucking songs already! Play the fucking songs already! <laughs> um, I... I, the, when I was a swing and I used to be out in the audience, I would see, one time I saw this family leaving and I heard the woman saying like, where are the songs? Like just outraged. <laughs> and the thing, the reason is, you know, when you buy a ticket for a musical, generally you, you know what you're investing in. Like you just spend $85 or whatever. Like you, you know, you're seeing a musical, a, a script with songs, but on the cruise ship, the, the, not there are some people that are taking the cruise to see Jersey Boys. There are some people that are taking the cruise to eat and be in the casino and go to, you know, Bermuda. And they just happen up. They see that there's a show in the lounge and they get their, you know, e-ticket or whatever and they go. And they have no idea what they're in store for. And you win some of those people and you lose some of those people because they... They, it's just not. They thought they're seeing a variety act, or they, they, you know, or like a tribute band. Because that's what's usually on these ships. Exactly. That's what's usually on these ships. Like cruise musicals are a very new thing. Like the last ten years. Oh yeah, and and, it's a and very Nor new thing. Norwegian is, in my opinion, like so um, ahead of the curve. I mean, they they have shows. They, they have the six. So six and uh, Jersey Boys are on the same ship. Like, they literally were had six before it debuted on Broadway. I mean, they're so ahead of it. And it's not ev all of their cruisers are sophisticated enough in the arts to understand how, what a treat it is that they are getting this, you know. I mean, one would argue they're not necessarily getting it for free. They're getting like a $5,000 ticket as opposed to, but, well, you know, because you're, you're buying a cruise. Mm -hmm. But... But I mean, that, to, to just stumble upon these Broadway caliber productions, I think is like phenomenal. I mean, it's, right? It's changing the whole theater experience. Because exactly. if you want to see something before it gets on, you know, like you either you have to go to New York or you go to Boston or yeah. Chicago, but you're on a cruise. So it's, I know. yeah, it's what a, a whole new Can you imagine? level. Would you not completely fall out if you just happen to be on some vacation that your parents forced you to go on? And they're like, we have tickets to Jersey Boys tonight. Are you guys like down for that? Like, are you are you joking? Always. It's such a gift. And what's funny is for every person who storms out, like, what what was that? Or is like, there is so much bad language in that. There are people who, who would come up to me after the show and be like, I was blown away. I cannot believe that I just sat through that quality of a production on my cruise ship vacation. And that I'm just like so proud of that. That's that yeah, I'm proud I have for chills just involved. listening to that. 
do you talk to the people after the show? Like, do they try to find you is after? There a stage door. Yes. Um, there is not necessarily stage door. Not really. I mean, like, uh, I when I would finish the seven thirty, when I finish the ten thirty show, I just go to bed. I mean, come on, it's like one in the morning. Uh, when I uh, finished the seven thirty show, while they did the ten thirty show, I would usually go to dinner, and while I was at dinner, that's when I would start, uh, you know, meeting people, and we also had cast talkbacks, uh, which I would go to and meet people, and it's really nice. Like uh, there are some people that have kept in touch with me either on Instagram or Facebook, and um, are really sweet about my performance and interested in my career. And um, the, the craziest thing is when I went to go see company, uh, I went to see the, uh, like a preview of company, a guy came up to me and was like, I saw you uh, in Jersey boys. You were so good. And I was like, are you serious? What is the likelihood that I would run into somebody who saw me on a cruise ship in, I don't even know where we were <laughs> in New York. Like, like what? We talked about that with Aaron, you know? That's that's the beauty of New York City. And New York, yeah. Every, it's a small town. You don't know who you're going to run into. Um, and that meant so... It, anytime, anytime anybody has anything to say to me about the show, I am so flattered. I'm so humbled. It, it's like... it, to, Not only just to be complimented, but to be recognized for this particular show and this particular role, it... It's like it means the absolute world to me. In this time, that was the best. That was that was the best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why no. Um, That's why he's still out there singing. 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 Well, <laughs> I'm in my living room singing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like in these times of pandemic and COVID and all of this, like just everything is a mess. Um, when I get really down, I just think about those times when I, after the show, when I had people um, saying how much it meant to them, and that like lifts me up. It puts me in such a better headspace. Yeah, and and when this is all over and good again, you you have you are going to be that bunny on TV with the battery. Hey, like, I keep going. Keep going wherever. Like we we will see you at normal stages one day. I am like I. I you hope, will. I pray. Like there is so much more. Yes. That like the world needs to hear from you. Listen, so this is just so cool. The, you the thing is you will with Jersey Boys. If if I learned anything, you you never out. Never count yourself out. You know, like my contract may have ended uh, on the ship, but there will be other opportunities. There almost has been other opportunities for me with the show. That there were timing issues. There were this and that. Um, I know that it'll be in, continue to be in my life, um, and uh, I I just have faith because of how far I've I've come with it and how much I love it, you know. Yeah, because you're an alum. Like it's it's an alma mater. Yeah, it really is. It's it's it's, it's another master's degree. Hey, that is very true. Actually, that's very true. There's like it's a whole amazing. other level of of learning <clears throat> of of experience with Jersey Boys. Um, every time you. Actually, you know, I remember one time uh, Richard uh, said to me, you know, he's he always writes everyone notes um, when when on the onset of the production after tech. And uh, he said to me, this is a role that has no bottom. You can keep digging and digging and digging. And that is very much the truth. I mean, every time you look at it with a uh, fresh set of eyes, and, like come back to it after a while there's you discover something new about it you discover a different color a different um you know a reaction a, a, a different way to say something or way to think about something or, or way to sing something 
Oh, yeah. It just can keep growing. And that's, that's what, what brings, brings me into feedback, like, like, every time. Cause I always, know. There's always a new approach. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's amazing. Always. Uh, okay. So th- this can go in so many different directions. There's so many <laughs> different ways they want to go. Because what you said about the color, like, we can talk about the movie down the line, um, oh, which we totally will. Um, but also, but I guess just going back to, like, to can, like, condensing the show you know to an hour 45 um so it's very important that um really like you use the word like the show is fitted into this time it's not you don't want to use the word cut because cut has like that negative (laughs) Negative. yes right yeah so the show is fitted for the cruise production so i think it's really important to say that so um so if you all are are, are hopefully going to have more conversations about this for all of our listeners try to use the word fitted instead it's just better um Oh my gosh, it's just so much. Well, because also, you know, it's yeah. it's specific mm-hmm. for this audience. You know, you don't want you you got to keep it moving. Like I said, like it's it's there's an experimental quality to it. Some people don't necessarily know what they're signing up for, so you want to just give them the hits, get, keep it going. You know, like right. So, do laugh lines change from week mm-hmm. to week? Yes, <laughs> you can tell. And I mean, actually, I think this is true of probably all the companies. You can tell within like the first five minutes how Tommy's opening monologue lands. You can mm-hmm. tell what kind of audience it's gonna be. When he yeah. <clears throat> when he talks about uh, being from New Jersey or whatever, if there's people from Jersey in the audience, you get the woo. <laughs> um, and if 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 they're not really feeling it, it's like crickets. You can tell from like I was just telling talking to uh, uh, my boyfriend about this. You. You can tell from the when um, Mary Delgado says um, "asshole." Sometimes that'll get like the <laughs> biggest laugh in the world. Like people just lose it, and sometimes dead silence, and people are just horrified that she used the word "asshole." You know what I mean? So you're like, "Oh, it's one of these crowds." So you just what I what I try to tell myself with the super quiet crowds is somebody out there is really loving this, so just stay in it. They're yeah, smiling focus on really them. loudly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And do you guys know, like, you know, some lines won't get a laugh because of the nature of the audience. So you just, even though we're trained as actors to, like, you know, always be mindful that there will be responses. But do you know, okay, we know this line is never going to get a laugh. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bob Crew. Bob Crew has a couple of lines that I think personally are so funny and they never really land. There's like a, there's like a joke where um, I don't remember the specific lines, but like. But like Tommy's like, how are you out of money? Um, and he looks at Bob Crew, and then Bob Crew looks at his boyfriend who's standing behind the couch, and and the boyfriend clutches the pearls and like looks away. I, <laughs> we had we had the funniest in the inaugural production. We had the funniest actor playing Hank. That's that character's name. Sometimes no one would laugh at all, and I we and we used to die in rehearsals. Like, oh my god, this is so funny, but. It's, you know, it just, it just depends. It really just depends. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I am really proud. I always got a laugh on, um, it's a sign, Tommy. And oh, I, that's the line. I know. And I was really proud at the, at the quality of laugh. I always got on it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm proud of anything with Jersey boys, it was definitely that. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> I can also think of maybe like another, like, hit or miss line would be it's like maybe because you're paying a shit one because yes. if, if the audience isn't into it they're not gonna well they're not gonna feed into it right? yes and also there's like a um sound effect on that line so the actor who plays tommy you really need to like 
Maybe because you're, you know, maybe it's because you're paying a shit. Yeah, there's the microphone. You, you thing. have <laughs> to deliver it right, and if and you know, uh, it just depends. It if if the diction is sloppy or if the audience misses it, it is not funny. Future Tommies, if you're listening in, enunciate. Here is a pro tip. <laughs> pro tip. Pro tip. It was also, you know, there was also some like Mary Delgado lines, like they they that's there's a certain rhythm that is mm-hmm. always funny. And um, if if you break that rhythm or you break that cadence, it's just not as funny. Yeah, I've so. I've heard one Mary with she she kind of dropped the line. It was, it was like you got a nickel, like call your mother, you're gonna be home late. Like, uh-huh. It was just because that was like right before the transition, so she said it a little too slowly, and she missed the cue. Ah, so yeah, that happened. There, was, I saw a you Mary, never know. I saw a Mary that was like firecracker. She crushed it. I I I cannot. I don't know if I necessarily remember her name, but she le- she recently left New World Stages, and I think Olivia Valley uh, replaced her. Natalie Natalie Gallo. Gallo? She's amazing. She is a firecracker. That was a perfect word. Yes, firecracker. She had it. Um, and I would have loved to see Olivia. I'm so sad that I did not get to see her in the show because I'll bet she was so good. She was. She was she wonderful. Made history. She made history. She did. Yeah, I, yes. that, that she's like. Playing her grandmother, yeah, and she's so sweet. I've met her. I met her twice, and she remembered me both times. It was great. Like I remember, I followed her on Instagram. Yeah, and she was at a bar that I go to all the time in Astoria. So when I saw her, like the following week, I was like, "Oh my god, I saw you were there all the time." She's like, "No way!" So she's she's super sweet. But then when she gets on stage, she does what she has to do, and that's that's what the show's all about. I saw her play Elphaba. Oh my god! Are you kidding? I went to Tampa because I wanted to see Vosky. Uh huh do it but um i didn't know that she wasn't doing sunday matinees um so i got because she was actually olivia was actually wasn't going by valley oh really at the time she was going by polky oh olivia polky and um i am 99.999 percent certain it's her because I don't I, I I haven't been able to find anyone who was on the tour at that time named Olivia who was covering Alphaba so I am a hundred percent positive it was her but <laughs> I was like Olivia Polky okay but then she was fabulous oh my god well um, we had been and I was we were hearing about Olivia Valley from uh, Richard Hester uh, when we were in rehearsals for 1.0. He was like, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we want to get her in to play Mary, blah, blah, blah. She's amazing. She's, you know, Fra- Frankie's uh, granddaughter. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And so it took a while for her to even get in there, too. Like, just to finally Can nail down the timing. If yeah. anybody the had The granddaughter? Any, the nerve? Say, the, the nerve. If anybody <laughs> had any question as to how hard it is to get cast in Jersey Boys, they wouldn't even cast Frankie's <laughs> granddaughter. Come on. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Wait, well, speaking of, um, you know, it's like checking for the names and everything. Uh-huh. Are there playbills for the cruise? No. Isn't Why it, not? I It's a huge oversight and there's no merch. And we, we were talking about this last time, too. It's, it's an oversight. Yeah. It is a problem because there is actually a merch store on the ship where they sell Alaska merch and Caribbean merch and... Uh, Norwegian um, Cruise Lines merch, and they do not sell merch for the six, and they do not. I keep calling it the six. Six. They do, uh, they do not sell merch for six or Jersey Boys, and it is a huge oversight. And actually, what we ended up doing is uh, as casts, we make our own logo um, hoodies 
and, and, oh. zip, and zippies, yeah. And what would happen is we'd wear them around, and people would be like, well, where can we buy that? And we're like, you can't. It's, it's a huge marketing oversight. I, I'm i sure mm-hmm. there's some technicality as to why they can't, but they would make a killing. So They, they, they really were slowly, missed opportunity. Been slowly getting rid of the merch at New World Stages also, though. Are they really? And mm-hmm. yeah, they've been slowly phasing like, it out away with a lot of yeah. Um, oh, I, know. I, I know at the at the end of Avenue Q's run, they weren't they basically weren't selling anything. I know uh, I, I, I don't believe they were selling anything for the play that goes wrong. Um, I don't believe they were selling anything for Rock of Ages, um, but I they they were selling this cool track jacket. I have it. Yeah, Jersey Boys has amazing merch. I hope they don't phase it out at, at New World because like. I, I people want, I want I want more merch. I want a poster. I want a poster too. Well, our friend Joselito, he he gets yeah. shirts like frequently, but they're all off of eBay. Oh you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It's so sad. And I, I I went on the New World Stages site and the Jersey Boys site, um, like probably around a month ago, and there was nothing. Yeah. But, but of course now with COVID, no one's producing anything. But you um, never know. Oh, I lo- I love their merch and I love their rebrand too. Like I love the new. All the new posters, and that's what we have on the ship. So, okay, so we don't have playbills, but what they do have is they have, like, little um, TV screens all over the ship, and it has a shot of the poster, and then it has um, all of our bios with uh, who we play and, like, our headshot and stuff. So it's it's kind of, like, on an ongoing loop throughout Mm -hmm. the ship. Like they'll be the they'll be in like the elevators and in the restaurants and like whatever. You're famous. Yeah. <laughs> there's like four main posters right now. There's there's um this one. Obviously this was the first That's one. That's the one I have. Mm-hmm. Um and then they rebranded yeah. the first time with this. Right, right, right. And and then they had that. And and then there was the movie one uh-huh. with them under the street lamp. Which I like beautiful. that one. It's beautiful. Yeah. Love that. And Gorgeous. and then there's the one that they have plastered everywhere now with the boys. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know who's in that? Poster? Of course I do. It's Keith, Keith Hines. Uh-huh. It's Rory. Um, I don't know his last name. Max Kaplan. Uh, it is Rory Keith. Um, uh, Tommaso, right? Tommaso, mm-hmm. I don't know his last name, and uh, a guy that played Frankie in Las Vegas, but I do not remember his name. But if you said it, I would know. I would know it. But I he know. did it. That's not. He, that's not. not that's not Travis. No. No, no, not it's Travis. not. It's it's this other guy, like Grant something maybe. Um, he's on the commercial too. They filmed like a commercial with those guys. Yeah, they did that whole thing. Yeah. They did this whole ad campaign with all these guys. Yeah. 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 It's 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 slick. It's so slick. I love it's it. Slick. I thought the rebrand was amazing. I'm just jealous that I'm not one of those people. Well, you all deserve like a really fun photo shoot. Like I whatever. Agree. Like, I think every every new cast. Well, I'm sure you guys have your own anyway. But like, it needs to be more, you know, more commercial. I agree. Just well, one do thing. It. One thing that is cool on the ship uh, is there's like a welcome aboard show. That was a wild ride beyond the sea. And that was only part one. Get ready for part two. It's going to be wild. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Michael Fasano for your insights. Thank you to Anchor for making all of this possible. Please follow us on Instagram at silhouettesjvpodcast underscore. Keep the merriment going. And join our brand new Facebook group, Silhouettes JV Podcast Group. We have so much in store for you. We want to interact with you as much as possible. So get ready for part two. We will see you on the other side.